0: Welcome to the show. Here we are recording a grand party. It's a conversation show. It's a phone call show. Remember talking on the phone? That's what this show is about. Catching up, just chatting with friends. What more do you need from a podcast? How about that intro that is Year of Self? by Talk Time. Talk Time, Year of Self. That's our intro music. My name is A. Grant Party, the host of A Grand Party, which is a podcast uh, for, by, and in social isolation. And uh, in order to avoid going completely insane, um, I'm getting on the phone more. And the best way to get on the phone more is to say, hey, I'm doing a podcast. And then, and then, you know, then you're just chatting. That's how it works in L.A., baby. Even if you're not in L.A., as Zach is no, not currently in L.A. So who are we talking to? Hey, it's, uh, it's the reunion of Normal Country. It's uh, Zach Heltzel and the wife of the pod, Ashlyn Anstey, are with me tonight on a Thursday evening. Zach Heltzel and I uh, did a podcast before that uh, perhaps, dear listener, you recall, normal country. And, um, and then we stopped because I was just getting too sad about it. But then recently wanted to start doing a pod again. It was like, Zach, let's bring back normal country. Zach was like, I don't think I want to do that. So then it kind of just became this. And um, Ashlyn and Zach, are you guys there with me?
1: Yeah,
0: Grant,
2: I am here and reunited and it feels so good. Uh, I just have to add a couple of notes to provide my side of the story
0: uh, when it comes to the uh, obituary of normal country. Uh, Yeah, we've never had a full public uh, reasoning for it. So we should we should begin by addressing it. Yeah,
2: sure. So uh, we stopped doing it right before the pandemic, uh, when the coronavirus was just a twinkle in the eye of a bat in a wet market in Wuhan, China. Uh, It was right around the holidays. We had uh, just recorded our Christmas 2019 show. And you were like, can we take a break? And I was like, yeah, we can take a break. That's probably forever. And then the world fell apart. And since we were doing a podcast about the world falling apart, uh, it didn't seem necessary for me to start doing it again because the show had already made you so upset. Every week, at just how grim the outlines were, and that was from the halcyon days of when the world was just uh, for producing kittens and uh, rainbows, and and now there's I, I couldn't yeah. have done it. <laughs> I couldn't have done more. I would have quit right around the time you quit. You you were ahead of the curve just ever so slightly.
0: But I want it to be clear. I I, I hope I was clear then. Um, and I definitely want to be clear now that I was not quitting on you and our friendship. I was quitting on the format. I could not do that format anymore. Of course.
2: Look, uh, yeah, I was, cause I
0: I was like, Zach, listen, if you just want to talk about Mario brothers every week and the cats, I think I could do that, but I, I cannot, I cannot give any more attention to the Ben Shapiros and Donald Trump juniors than they already have sucked out of my life. And by the end of, I just I can imagine a deathbed where I'm still hearing helicopters. Helicopters are just a staple of the uh, the show, whether it's normal country or whether it's grand party. Um, we get a lot of helicopters around here, don't we, Ashlyn? That's just part of Los Angeles. But right now, you're in you're back uh, home. You were able to get back home uh, sort of before the start of the pandemic, and then have kind of ridden it out back home in Arizona, which is where you are now, right?
2: Yeah, so uh, over the summer, after about three or four months uh, cooped up in my apartment, not going anywhere or seeing anybody, um, I had the opportunity. Uh, my uh, one of my family members you know has an adorable, precocious child uh, that I was offered the opportunity to Uncle Jesse for. and uh, I had to take that opportunity. Uh, where I'm currently staying in uh, Arizona is uh, right next to a hospital. Uh, and there has been even more helicopters where I am than there are where you are because they are just trading patients between hospitals day and night, twenty four seven. I literally saw one of those like medic Humvees driving down my street, uh, like a big
0: green one. Yeah, like with the one the from red Mash on it.
2: Yeah, yeah, like the ones from Mash. I have a couple of friends who are nurses at the hospital nearby. And uh, I guess it's like 20 hours to get into a bed um, if they accept you at all. Uh, There was somebody recently who had gotten into a pretty severe car accident and uh, had like a bunch of internal injuries. Took them 20 hours of waiting to get a bed at this hospital that I saw the, you know, MASH medical Humvee driving to today. So uh, things are very good and very normal.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, it's uh, a nightmare. I mean, that's what it's that's what every time I'm hearing a helicopter, I don't like uh, it, it's not clear whether this is a police state helicopter uh, or this is an emergency life saving helicopter. But either way, it's dystopian.
1: More often, it's like a siren, like, there are more sirens than I've ever heard in LA before. Yeah,
0: I mean, I would- that's that, there's non stop ambulances and uh, uh, emergency vehicles. Ashlyn, how are you doing tonight?
1: Oh oh
0: I'm doing How's my wife doing in the other room? Oh
1: well I dumped an energy drink on my laptop today. Oh no. Oh it's okay. You know.
2: Is it? Is it okay?
1: It's that twenty twenty one mood, you know? You just what does that sort mean? of you just sort of take each day yeah. as it as it come. Uh but yeah, well, we're we're gonna see how how she goes.
0: I was keen to get uh, the three of us together uh, to keep this to have this be a proper party line, and also because um, we can talk about whatever. But uh, Ash and I'll go ahead and give you the prompt that we've been we we finished w- watching Cobra Kai. Here's the thing, oh. dear listener: if you're if um if if you're worried about spoilers, we may possibly spoil. There's, I, We may spoil some Cobra Kai, so it's fair warning maybe at this point. I mean, um,
1: I don't know how you could be. I mean, I guess there's some things that you could be spoiled on. If you're spoiled for the first season, then, or second, how many seasons are there?
0: Five? We just finished the third. No, we just finished the third, and we, uh, we watched almost all of the Karate Kid movies. We still have the uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan one. Uh, to catch up on,
2: which is technically about kung fu, so you know, mm. you saw it. Mm. <laughs> I've I've seen them all, and uh, I kind of think it's impossible to spoil the third season of Cobra Kai if you yeah. are if you are not caught up on all of the events of The Karate Kid Part Three, which. Is a dog shit movie, and I respect their moxie to uh, use so much of the canon of the third Karate Kid movie and making it pivotal to understanding the plot points of their television show. Uh, that is Chef's Kiss. That's wonderful. It, ha-
0: <laughs> it honestly, one of the treats of watching Cobra Kai was the getting the motivation to watch the sequels that I. I don't think I'd ever seen. I've never seen Karate Kid. To if, I, you know, the movie that the Karate Kid movie that I'd seen the most growing up was actually the Hillary Swank one. Yep, and Same. went back to revisit that one. Uh, yeah, right, because it was just on HBO a lot. I think when we were kids, or something. It like was that. on the Disney uh,
2: Channel a lot when I was. Okay, a kid. that's it. I am a couple that's years yeah. younger
0: than you, but no, but it, it was probably that because I remember it just being a mainstay of cable television. And I remember being good and it is good. It's just as good as the other ones, which is to say it's insane and pretty stupid, but I'm very interested to see, I guess this is spoiler that so far, Hillary Swank has not been involved in the series, but she really should being that she's the only other student of Miyagi. Yeah. Yeah, it's true.
2: And uh, I mean, lucky for us, that possibility seems a lot brighter than it had like, Two or three years ago, because Hillary Swank having two Academy Awards and being a very well-respected thespian um, was pretty choosy with her roles for a while here. Not not a joke. Not a joke. Uh, uh, My favorite Joe Biden aphorism. Uh, It's crazy (laughs) that that man is going to be president in a week. Oh, my God. But uh, I digress. Uh, Hillary Swank, uh, she was really choosy with her roles for a while because, you know, she had two Oscars. She's not going to just, you know, do your movie. Uh, the last couple of years she's been showing up in a lot of like interesting, weird under the radar like kind of trashy thrillers
0: and I honestly cannot remember movies. the last Hillary Swank movie besides Million Dollar Baby, which is ten or plus years ago. she's the villain in the hunt,
2: which was the last movie I saw before uh before Pandy
0: mm okay, not Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: No, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog I did see on Valentine's Day by myself after I took myself to Fazoli's. I drove 45 miles out to Chino Hills. So, I could go eat fast food Italian and see Sonic the Hedgehog by myself on Valentine's Day. Things were not going well for me before the pandemic, and they certainly are not now. But that's uh, a point that I like <laughs> to keep
0: in mind, which is like things were not easy before this either. There were many, many problems that we were all individually going through. Ashton and I cert- certainly would have uh, welcomed you to see it with us on Valentine's Day at uh, wherever we saw it downtown. Grant, oh, you we do saw understand.
1: Good theater. Oh, you
0: guys They're saw
1: like it at the cool uh, Alamo. Alamo. Yeah.
2: You guys realize it's worse to third wheel people on Valentine's Day to see Sonic the Hedgehog. That is more sad. It is. Yeah.
0: Oh, all right, fine, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with what's more sad. I don't know. I, I'm, but I'll tell you that that makes me sad. Now I'm like, oh, well, that could have been a fun, but I guess I have to kill that dream that couldn't have happened anyway because it's already in the past.
2: We'll go but see the- Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and Knuckles. Good.
0: Good. Good. I just got a bunch of uh, spoilers that I will not reveal from one of the screenwriters who's a friend, not to brag. And I'm very excited <laughs> when Sonic Bragg, 2 comes yeah. out. And all right, that is an LA brag. Come back to LA, Zach, so you can have. uh, you can, uh, I mean, it was over the phone. You can do it at any time. And I'm sort of bearing the lead here. I was trying to set up Ashlyn because Ashlyn has been off the pod bringing up Zach Heltzel's name quite a bit. Ooh, well, that's okay. ominous.
1: So, Zach, when you were watching Cobra Kai,
0: uh-huh. did
1: you <laughs> see yourself in, in any, any of the, the characters? characters?
2: Are you going to call me Dimitri? Because I feel like you're going to call me Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Just because a snarky, lanky, nominally kind of Jewishy, but maybe not Jewish kid. Yeah, that's me. <laughs>
1: because I... He just looks not, like you.
0: He has your face. I
1: could not remember his name at all, ever. I mean, so, okay, I just can't remember any character's names. I also don't think I consume television like I consume te- television like very like uh, straightforward like I'm I every twist and turn I am very like affected by deeply and personally. Uh, That's true.
0: When when the when the narrative wants you to hate a character you hate that character and then when they that character is redeemed you like love that character you you will yeah. watch with a childlike enthusiasm.
1: I'm basically I'm a child. So the point is that. I can only refer to that character as Zach. Is what I've been saying, what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. And I- I'm wondering if you'd made this, it seems like you'd maybe consider this before. Have you, is this a comp that you've been receiving a comparison of like, Hey, that guy looks a lot like you. Has anyone else been noticing this? Is this something that you're getting now as like a, a new celebrity, you know, a, a new TV actor mm-hmm. doppelganger?
2: No. So as somebody who I've, I've been affectionately described as a flat white. Um, I have, I look very similar to several sort of young, moderately medium talented actors over the years. I notably look a lot like uh, the kid from Boyhood. Uh, people say I look like the kid from Love Simon. Mm. I've gotten a Dane mm. DeHaan comparison or two. Uh, mm. No one's compared me to the kid who plays Dimitri on Cobra Kai. But thing. thing.
0: yeah, no, I'm sorry. You go ahead.
2: Okay. So one thing I've noticed since watching the show is that uh, when I was in high school, I was I wasn't popular, but I wasn't unpopular. And the reason for that is, well, you know, I wasn't particularly athletic. I wasn't particularly good at anything. But the one thing that I had was that I was a very snarky dick. And Dimitri is a snarky dick, and he uh, has a way with words to where he is clearly the like he is the uh, analog for the room. He's kind of the he's kind of the chorus of the writers' room on that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it. I he's was very you. much he, yeah. The character
0: was, is you to the point where I'm wondering. If like th- that you should be, you know, filing credit some sort of guild, guild arbitration uh, of credit for the character. Uh, maybe not that far, but I do think that, uh, you know, these other th- you brought up some of the uh, other comparisons. Here's what I'll say to that. Yep. Eh you know, I maybe there's some in the gen- in the flat white aspect, but Dimitri, the character. And the, but let's just, I'll just say, cause we can't, I don't know the actor's name, but Dimitri, the character is the, uh, and I think a good one to have, you know, I mean, there's all, it's always so, uh, awkward if it's someone's like, Hey, you know who you look like? And you're like, Oh my God, who's it going to be? But in this case, I think not only is it flattering, it's also accurate, uh, for the reasons that you just mentioned. And also just because you put the faces side by side and, uh, at least pre-pandemic. I mean, you know, post-pandemic, everybody's got the longer hair. Everybody's looking a little different. Depressed? But the Zach, but the Zach that was coming over uh, weekly for Normal Country, the one that still exists in Ashlyn and I's mind, right, uh, that's Dimitri, baby. You can you fight? Look.
2: I can fight have probably as can... well as him, which he is the worst fighter on the show. Uh Look, everybody on that show is a cutie patootie to the point where it's ridiculous. There's not that many attractive people in the valley. Granted, there's also not um, you know, domestic terror cells running out of strip malls in Reseda, so you know. But uh so everyone in that show is a cutie patootie, so it's not an insult. However, I just I objectively don't think I look very much like that actor. However, if you were to like put at the end of the show, like title cards that say what everybody ends up going on to do as adults, um, that (laughs) character clearly, you know, moves to the other side of the mountain and becomes a television writer. That's just, that's the only (laughs) thing that that character can do. So it stands to reason that I have a lot in common with him.
0: Yeah. So I think the only thing to then get over the hump on is, uh, is, is, is seeing, well, I don't know. Everybody's got a little bit of uh, the dysmorphia well, of how they look. but uh, in, I in think
1: a- I think the only thing left to do is that Zach needs to learn how to fight with the hands. With the yeah.
0: yeah, you got to get ready to throw hands now because people are going to be coming up to you on the street and saying, hey, man, I loved you in Cobra Kai.
2: Okay, but that's um, the thing. I've had people come up to me on the street and think I'm either the kid from Boyhood or the kid from Love, Simon, like fairly yeah. frequently. And what you need to say to these people,
0: well, going forward, you need to say, no, I'm the kid who looks like the kid from Cobra Kai.
2: (laughs) Actually, you want to know who I look like exactly and have received a lot of comments about recently? So are either of you still on Facebook? I don't really, I post on Facebook, but I don't like look at
0: Facebook.
1: I am more often, I would say, than Grant probably.
0: Yeah, I it's been a no. I haven't in probably a year plus. I I just posted there. Okay. But I, I haven't been on. Does that impact so the So there uh,
2: is a sponsored like advertising post. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So so Grant, uh there's this like sponsored ad on Facebook and Instagram. And uh Danny Fernandez was the first one who brought it up to me. There is this guy in a movie theater with like his finger over his lips telling you to shush, and it's for like advanced screenings of movies. And the guy looks exactly like me. It is horrifying.
1: That's amazing.
0: I what needs I, to I happen is to you right now. Please do. What needs to happen is uh what is that movie? Woody Allen movie where it's like the guy starts with a Z the guy like just appears throughout time in these different whatever. Can't think of the thing. Can't think of the reference that would help explain the thing. Also, Ashlyn wouldn't know for sure. And- I don't know. It, 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 Zelig. Zelig. Thank you. Yes. Zelig. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is I, I think it's or it's the end of The Shining, uh, but it's we're going to see the portrait Zellig, with you and all of Grant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zelig, that's what we're going with. Hey, but uh on this, I uh I want to hear some Cobra Kai uh hot takes while we're in it. I feel like uh I know Zach's got some ready to go. Uh um but I uh it, it's yeah, well, it's I'll just I'll just toss it to Zach then because I know you've got I I'm curious to I we haven't really talked about Cobra Kai with anybody aside from ourselves, have we, Ashlyn? I don't think so. No. We haven't seen anybody. How could we talk to anybody? We haven't had a conversation with a third person that I wasn't work related. Cat. Yeah, yeah. We've been just talking to cats. another part, another reason to just do this is I feel like I've forgotten how to talk. I'm trying to remember how to talk. Um, but asking you for your hot takes is kind of a pretty broad question. I'll, I can set you up a bit more. Um. It definitely, fe- Cobra, yeah. So Cobra Kai is it good? It's it's good, right? I mean, we've all we've watched it. It's it's good. It feels like the mm-hmm. OC meets uh, the Disney Channel. Uh, uh. No, no, you don't. You don't agree.
2: There are two shows wrestling inside of it. There is a show about a uh, guy who was popular in high school, whose life went to shit, and he's having a midlife crisis, and he is objectively kind of a bad person, but he means well and he, you know, just carries on through life trying to be a better person and fails. Uh, that yeah, show is it great. It feels like... Uh, William Zabka Eastbound is and down
0: meets giving... Yeah, it's the Eastbound and Down meets like a Disney series version of a Karate Kid reboot for TV on YouTube.
2: I think anytime, especially in the second and third season, anytime it is about those kids, I cannot fucking stand it. I think none of those kids have any chemistry with each other. I think they are just awful. And I just I do not care. I do not fucking care about Robbie and his little problems. I don't care about uh Ralph Macchio's daughter who in all the fight scenes, she's the one who like th- I'm I'm trying to find the right words to say this. Where it's like the, you can tell when it's her stunt double and when it's her because she just sort of flails around like a drunk person on a bar crawl. It is like <laughs> upsetting. Um, I think Miguel's Check kind on. of a square. I don't care about him. He could have stayed in that coma. That's fine. <sighs>
0: oh my gosh. So I here. I'll 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 go with you to a point there but i i i like the contrast that's why i bring up the oc is because it feels like it's you know it's definitely dividing its time more or less 50 50 between the adults and the kids uh with trying to sort of put the the kids up uh but i feel like one of the things one of the areas where the show has kind of gone wrong is is losing miguel because theoretically he is the next next karate kid And then it, and we don't even know when he gets I'm still I'm still looking for the missing episode when he gets his braces off. He has braces all the way through season one. He wins the tournament just like Ralph Macchio does in the original movie. But then he just becomes entirely sidelined as a character, which is uh, a little frustrating. And also the show gets, as Ashlyn was noting, especially it gets very it just gets whiter and whiter as it goes like in the first season there's uh there's some uh people of color characters there's uh th- that are interesting that that you want more time from that somehow just sort of uh disappear as the as the show went on um but it's also uh Ashton, how did you feel about the the kid character storylines
1: um yeah i feel like uh i mean i think the third season was definitely the weirdest like we've sort of like lost the adult storylines and they've had to ramp up the fighting so much (laughs) like i think when we were watching it i pointed out that like the fighting has become so unrealistic and so like to the death
0: it's so cartoonish It's it's like
1: not even it doesn't even like make sense anymore um the kids i didn't mind at the beginning because it was like a little bit more realistic like it was like hawk you know was kind of like grappling with you know being bullied and and uh you know he had this like newfound power but it feels like in the last season it's like should we kill this kid
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's all gone way off the rails in terms of like the uh the escalation of the drama with like yeah, this, this this crazy paramilitary civil war that's breaking out in the valley. I guess, as I say, it, it doesn't seem... It, it, it's actually quite realistic when you put it in those terms. So, Grant, uh,
2: you know why all the uh, characters of color keep getting written out of the show, right? Why? Because karate terrorism is the whitest fucking thing imaginable. Every person of color <laughs> in that universe, when they notice literal karate terrorism would be like fuck this i'm out like uh the the daughter's best friend uh who's yeah. black. uh her dad who's like uh la rams football player or whatever and he's like a strict parent notices that her daughter his daughter is getting involved with again karate terrorism is just like no you can't see them anymore uh-uh stop talking to them <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, it, 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 definitely, it, uh, it's weird because it's, it's, it's like not really that, like the social political aspect of the characters and, you know, uh, will you, the, uh, Johnny character is definitely like a Trump voting sort of character, but that aspect of him, uh, being probably like, it's not just that he's like, you know compared it to eastbound and down earlier i mean that's a harder r or tvma type of show obviously but uh it it's uh it's interesting how the show tries to balance the like likability of these you know these bad characters looking for redemption while also cuz he's still he still is that sort of character but i don't know it's it's i i guess what i'm trying to say is the show is good but it's never been like from the very beginning i was there was a ton of like just lines or choices in there that that really make you just go oh oh yeah make you kind of cringe or whatever at the same time it's very satisfying i think mostly just for the uh the continuation of the story is kind of fun i guess in a star wars disney sequel sort of way of just like hey what if you saw these same characters but they were 30 years older yeah sure i mean i'm used to that kind of entertainment now so let's uh yeah let's do it And now I'm just noticing every single, like, acting tick that uh, Ralph Macchio has, every single line that he says is with a shrug. He will not not shrug when he's giving a line. He will always shrug.
2: I I have to say that I think Macchio is, like, particularly bad in this show. I watched My Cousin Vinny about a week or two ago, and he's, like, he's not a—he was not a bad actor in his prime. Like, he is good in that movie. He is good in The Outsiders. He is good in The Karate Kid. He— I don't want to say he's phoning it in, in this show, but you know, there's let, let me come in the defense of, uh, I I was extra hard on the kids. I think when the show is fundamentally about Johnny Lawrence, it is phenomenal. Um, you, you keep bringing up Eastbound and down. There's like 20 people on the planet who are like Kenny powers. There are millions of Johnny Lawrence's out there. And when the show is just about this kind of sad man, Drinking his Coors Banquet beer and googling hot chicks and <laughs> trying to figure out how to upload pictures onto Facebook. It is some of the best television I've ever seen because it is—it's really funny and entertaining. No argument. It's it, but is, it, yeah. it relishes in the tiny moments that you do not see in shows about you know people having a midlife crisis or you know just people at a crossroads. You it really just relishes the moments of sort of quiet patheticness that we all experience in life, but it's kind of not inherently cinematic. And so much of that is a credit to uh, the fact that uh, Zabka is just, just aces in the show. The show does not work without him at all. Yeah, One could 100%. say it still doesn't work with him because now the first season is the best season because it is the most about this guy.
0: Right. I mean, I think it's it's like, there's just, things. there's the feeling of, I mean, all the things we're talking about, it feels like it's just the kind of idea that gets painted into a corner really quickly, which is the same with the Karate Kid franchise as a whole. Like it's not necessarily supposed to have a part two and a part three. It's just, it was successful. Therefore, there's a part two, a part three, uh, a a soft reboot, a hard reboot. Uh, and then now the, the show, which, so, I mean, there's, I would imagine that they must be thinking going into writing the next season that they've got to be looking for an, an exit strategy. They've got to be looking for a way to like, or maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe the next season ends with cliffhangers of, um, you know, Hillary Swank and, and Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan coming in to be like, actually, we should have another tournament. And this time it's, <laughs> it's, there's five sides to it it's uh, to the
1: death. Everybody to, the, to death. the death.
0: The, just mortal Kombat. Yeah, the, it's it's just it's a very strange show to watch uh, in in so many ways, because it is there's just that like whiplash aspect to the the quality of some of the it's like, oh, this is cool. Nah, is it? Oh, that was fun. Like, the, it's just very roller coastery, but, uh, like, like what I, I guess what I'm talking around is, like, the Vietnam <laughs> flashbacks for Greece, Uh, were pretty uh, ridiculous. Um, sure, yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't even know what to say about it. they just ridiculous all, for now.
2: I think we can all agree that they should pivot this show into being a... Uh, you know, a sidequel cool to uh, Mortal Combat make Johnny Lawrence a thunder god. You know, I think we all deserve that.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I, it's uh it's just funny. It's a funny. And uh, what was what's the name of the actress uh, that came back? Um, Elizabeth Shue on her name Elizabeth Shue. That was also very strange. It's uh a, another one of like, oh, I'm not sure if this person has and acting yeah.
1: and that was like so like hyped up yeah and then it was just like she came back and was like
0: oh she was perfect good. you
1: what thought else? that was perfect
0: yes we, on- we honestly okay. busted up I laughing did. when she like turned her head in the last shot or like she like sees him walking away and she does this dramatic turn Just the timing of it something about it was so camp and so extra and so you know uh i don't i don't know it's not not bad but kind of goofy maybe unintentionally goofy that's maybe what i'm trying to say there is a certain amount of like intentional goofiness to the show there's a lot of like comedy in it that straight out works and what you're talking about the stuff with uh johnny lawrence and uh all it's it's all really funny um but there's but like the fights in high school
1: every season they put out that's the real problem (laughs)
0: <laughs> i like it i'm just trying to you know i don't know sift through it maybe so
2: the thing i loved about the elizabeth shoe thing is that in a show where they try to bring back all of these things and fit them into this just unwieldy narrative it makes perfect sense that in a realistic scenario if this woman were to come back into these people's lives she would just be like yeah i had kids i have problems it's nice to see you all like that is what would really happen and it yeah. was nice that they didn't try to be like. And she has her own karate dojo. Like, I, oh my god, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see that. Uh, one no, thing that just that in either. my head is that uh, so many of the creative choices on this show you have to take into account that this did not start as a Netflix original. This was a. This was the flagship show of YouTube Red. So, oh my god, really. Yeah. So the first season, there was sort of no mandate of what a YouTube original series had to look like. Uh, The YouTube scripted shows ran the gamut from, you know, using influencers and YouTube celebrities to like expensive science fiction dramas. And Cobra Kai was, you know, somewhere in between. And then as those shows got canceled and shows got picked up and they found out that, hey, YouTube Red was a service that was only going to be used by 15-year-olds and presumably Ashlyn. You have to fill me in on a bunch of YouTube <laughs> drama while we're here, by the way. Um, they I can only imagine that that is when they started bringing in, like, uh, the girl who plays Tori was uh, on a Disney sitcom. Uh, a lot of these kids came from sort of that Disney lab rat uh, ecosystem. And I feel like the increased focus on the teen characters and the heightened drama of uh, everybody karate fighting at all times comes from the fact that the first three seasons were produced for YouTube. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder what a season four ultimately looks like now that it is picked up by Netflix and is being produced by, by Sony for Netflix. Uh, Well, the
0: third season opened a little differently in terms of the credits. I was wondering if that, but you're saying the third season was also produced in mind or in budget as well for uh, YouTube.
2: So season three was produced for YouTube and then the show was uh, soft canceled. It wasn't Mm. canceled, canceled, but uh, YouTube was like, we're out of the scripted game. Uh, I think they Uh, only have one scripted show left that they're still producing. And it's from, it's from like a really popular YouTuber. So they they just sort of like sent it to a farm upstate and Netflix was like, we'll get it. And uh, they had another show called Wayne from the uh, Deadpool writers. Uh, that's an Amazon show now. So they've been farming out all of their sort of non YouTube shows to other places.
0: Gotcha. And uh, it'll be interesting to- with uh, the season four being uh, uh, being produced a bit differently than my personally, I hope. Like what I like about it is this camp aspect of it. Like I I I'm enjoying the ride of the like insane kung fu karate high school antics. Uh and I, I like I kind of like that about the teen soap aspect of it. All the things that you're saying that are ridiculous about it is part of its charm to me. Uh so I in a way, like rather than it because it just seems like I don't know how you necessarily even put the like. Genie back in the bottle, really. On this, I say just keep going until it's just the whole valley has to like shut down because the karate is out of control well, on the streets. Killed
1: everyone in the valley until <laughs> the valley is the streets are running with blood, mm-hmm. you know,
0: and there's snakes everywhere, just so many snakes.
1: Just they went to a
0: snake a museum whole, and they, or a snake zoo,
1: a snake museum, <laughs> a snake
0: museum, and they got a bunch of. Uh, toy snakes from the gift shop and they're just everywhere now and people don't know what to do with them do you recycle them do they go in the regular garbage you don't know
1: you don't know you don't know
0: yeah it's not clear with the rubber snakes you think you think recycling but you you might it's be wrong probably maybe it,
1: garbage probably garbage
0: yeah i think it's probably garbage the cobra kai not garbage entertaining um what are there uh, we don't have to talk about Cobra Kai the whole time. There's certainly other things to talk about. I just wanted to first of all, it's just I, I think maybe I just wanted to let you know how often that your name has been coming up in the house and it's been coming up quite a bit frequently.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate that and I hope it's mostly good things. But uh, the one last thing I have things. to say about the one last thing I have to say about Cobra Kai is that it is the first show that at least I remember seeing that is about Gen X getting old. Mm. And I think mm. that, I think part of why I like season one so much is that, you know, Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso are now, they're old and people treat yeah. them like they're old. But, you know, they were children in the 80s, which, and it feels like the culture of the 80s and the 90s never really ended. So mm-hmm. at least from maybe, maybe we're getting a little bit old. So it's like a, mm-hmm. it's the first time I've ever seen something about quote unquote older people who have sort of the cultural memory and vocabulary of what I feel are still
0: younger people. Honestly, it's, it's more satisfying. Even it's, it's almost kind of what I would have wanted from star Wars sequels, which is to just see the old cast reunite and hanging out a little bit. You know, they, I'm I'm just saying like, that's, that's part of the main part of the appeal is, is just like, yeah, you're, you're familiar with these characters on a basic level. And then, yeah, now you're seeing them in a completely different context, getting older, and that's fun. That's where Cobra Kai is just, like, a great idea. You can see why. And it's interesting to hear how they, they created The writers had this idea. They went to the actors. They, the actors weren't sure, but they liked the concept, and it sort of snowballed from there. Um, uh, yeah, I I mean, I, I agree with all of that. I just think uh, that that can't the, the camp value to the kids is uh, – it's going to – I don't know. I guess – I, I in in college, we loved watching the uh, the original 90210 series for the same kind of the same reason of just like it was so heightened. Everybody's so absurdly beautiful. They're so sad and angry all the time. And then now you're adding karate to it. And it's just I'm laughing. There's a lot of laughs coming.
1: <laughs> See, I love
0: my teen melodrama.
2: I, I think I might just not love it with karate or I might not love it combined with a completely different show that has a completely different tone and completely different aims. Yeah. And I get like the whiplash from it. I don't know. Cuz I I, sure. I, I I rewatched the OC again during uh pandy and uh geez, people who remind me of me, Seth Cohen, my god.
0: Sure. I mean, we all wish we could be Seth Cohen. Not only yeah. uh that handsome but also that um that well-rounded in your nerdery. Like he's he's uh
2: Perhaps also he's think of who dying. I see myself as and Dimitri is who I actually am.
0: Mm. Oh, that's good. That's pretty fun. Yeah, I like that. I For me, yeah. my uh, my Seth Cohen was the Jason Lee character in Mallrats. And yeah. now, yeah, I yeah. don't like how you immediately can see that, but yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> no, I, I get how you see that about yourself.
0: Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And in reality, it's more like uh, Jonah Hill in the 40-year-old version his first just a cameo role. No,
2: <laughs> just, you, you uh... think of yourself as Jason Lee and mall rats when really you're Jason Lee and chasing Amy.
0: Oh no, no. Oh no. That's horrible. I'm, I'm canceled I'm again. Just... I'm canceled again. Man, I, That I'm is amazing. I just that...
2: knew that would hurt.
0: It it did hurt. Yeah. That did. Hurt
1: That's, you, That's a movie to rewatch. I haven't seen that one.
0: It does not hold up. It is That's real movie. bad. It is shocking that criterion collection has not distanced themselves Ooh. from uh,
2: Grant, I gotta disagree with you. That movie is post-woke. It is so problematic that it loops back around to being actually quite progressive. It is a fascinating relic of 1996.
0: How does it loop around to being progressive? The the movie is so clumsy and short-sighted and oblivious and so coming from this, like, ugh, just the... It's it's because it is
2: all those things, but it is also criticizing its characters for being all those things. It is, yeah, it is a fascinating relic that aged so poorly that it is aged back to being pretty good again.
0: Hmm. All right, well, maybe I'll try to give it. A, I, I watched it; a, it was. You don't on, need to
2: watch it again,
0: but <laughs> yeah, I I, <laughs> I, well, I, I didn't intentionally watch it recently. It, again, it was it came up on cable or something, and I caught a little bit of it, and it was just like. It's like, oh, my God, I used to really go to bat for this movie. And that that association with it is embarrassing. Also, the fact that Jason Lee's character in Chasing Amy is extremely homophobic uh, as like his defining character trait. And you're saying that that's actually me in real life. No, I I can't stand that at all. So I'll Grant, take Jason was- Lee and anything else. I'll take Jason Lee and uh, my name is Earl. I'll take any Jason Lee, other other Jason Lee. Case. He has a really great beard. I wish I could grow the beard as well as he has it in uh, Chasing Amy.
2: So I was not being sincere when I compared you to Jason Lee in Chasing Amy. I am being sincere when I say that uh, Joey Lauren Adams' performance in that movie is one of the best of that decade. And the reason why I think that movie works is that the movie is. Everything you just accused it of being, but the way that character is um, drawn out, uh, and it's mostly to the credit of Joey Lauren Adams, more so than Kevin Smith, but from the perspective of that character in the movie, she is unimpeachable, she is right about everything, Ben Affleck is an asshole. You should not want to be happy for him. You end up not being happy for him. Your takeaway watching it now is, wow, this girl is great. This guy ruined it. He's an asshole who doesn't deserve her. And it's great that everybody got exactly what they deserved out of this.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think you're way overvaluing it and giving it way too much credit. But It's maybe. the best I'll, Kevin I'll... Smith movie.
2: Mostly on accident. Yes. 1,000% yes.
0: First of all, the real
1: yeah.
0: there's no good Kevin Smith movie. Clerks and Mallrats are as good as it gets.
1: Uh, Whoa. Shots fired. There are
0: two good Kevin Smith movies, and they are
2: Chasing Amy and Dogma. Uh, Clerks is very funny, but it's barely a movie.
1: The, can I just the, the, say that we should make a podcast called Chasing Chasing Amy and it's just like a bunch of dissections of Chasing Amy? <laughs> Is
0: that a good uh, idea? That would make me some... I, I don't know if there's a concept that would make me more miserable than,
1: really? than,
0: than trying to do that from my perspective. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we have to do it just so that uh, we can fully... Um,
2: Cancel ourselves?
0: I was going to say, yeah, cancel ourselves before we even get going. Yeah. look,
2: The
1: only only
2: podcast I want to listen to about that movie would be one um, hosted by and produced by uh, bisexual women. Yeah.
1: Well, I could do it. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's right. Ashlyn, yeah, we we recently sort of identified this.
1: That I am indeed bisexual woman.
0: Yes. Hell yeah. And I... I too am am becoming more comfortable with uh, calling myself queer. Queer. I still can't do the hard R with it, uh, but uh, but just trying. But a, th- a thing that that's that's sort of been fairly always obvious, but sort of long since denied. I think in in maybe both of us. And then one day we were talking, and uh, it sort of came up. Of uh, Ashton was like, I just feel like a weird little shape all the time and was like another word for weird is queer would you say that you feel like that and she's like actually I've been wondering about this I've been kind of being uncertain about whether or not to tell you not sure how I feel about it it's like funny you say that I got you the same Christmas present I've also been wrestling with this and not sure (laughs) if this is the appropriate forum for it and uh, obviously we're a a man and a woman who is married so it seems like are we even allowed to be that at the same time it's like but I keep having these you know, this is not a new phenomenon. This is not a. And then and then it goes to the thing of like, are we just doing this for the what like what we're doing this so that we're not straight and white, but it's so there's many layers to it. And we're not. We're uh, not honey, even...
2: honey, honey, honey. It's 2021. It's a spectrum and we're all on it. And it
0: applies to quite a few things.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny.
0: I feel like I've always been easily more easily able to argue in the abstract of like, Oh yeah. And Ashlyn it turns out is the same way. It's like, Oh yeah, everybody's kind of bisexual and, and, and everybody would be queer then as well in the same way that sexuality and race are just con- social constructs applied to physical characteristics of humanity. Um, it's all made up. Uh, so of course we're all just yelling in the dark in, in to a certain degree. Uh, like right. I don't Still, it. applying it to oneself, applying sure. it to oneself and then feeling comfortable with it is a is a is a newer of different course. thing. And actually you're the first that we've told
2: out loud, so congratulations to you. Oh, I I'm so flattered. That that's really nice. Thank you for sharing that, was, that with me.
0: That 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 may not have come up if uh, if we hadn't gone into this dog shit opinion about, <laughs> about See? chasing Amy.
2: See? Okay, yeah. you have Kevin Smith to thank for a provocative and revealing discussion about um, gender and sexual politics, which is exactly what he was trying to achieve in the mid-90s. He Jason, Amy, and Tog, uh, but- <laughs> are,
0: are the tusk of the good Kevin Smith era movies. They're both very try-hard and awkwardly executed, uh, whereas Clerks and chase uh mall rats are at least relatively comfortable just being what they are and uh that's where that's that's his that's that's the right space no for it the, the, the proto apatow stuff yes Ashley.
1: is he still making movies
0: he is
1: what is he doing now
0: the last movie that i know of was something that he cast his daughter and johnny depp's daughter in called yeah yoga hosers yoga hosers yeah uh, his last movie was a
2: sequel to jay and silent bob oh that's right his daughter which you
0: you told me you saw in theaters i couldn't get past the first scene i had to turn it off i couldn't do it
2: okay you're you're right so the first three or four scenes of that movie are i almost walked out of the theater i really did And everybody, all nine other people in that theater were howling with laughter in those opening scenes. I felt like I was actively being gaslit in the theater.
0: Um, (laughs) It was literally the same scene from the first Jay and Silent Bob. And I was like, you know, I'm watching this to see how Jason Lee's looking. How's he looking? And and the movie is like, hey, I know you're wondering about Jason Lee. Let's give you him straight up front. We're going to do the exact same scene. But now everyone's a little older and a little more tired. That's what it felt like. And it was, yep. again, the amount of... Kevin Smith is the auteur of embarrassment by proxy. Oh, um, did you
2: see uh, the first page of his Clerks 3 script that he posted today?
0: No, that's today?
2: today? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I got to read this to you on mic. This is going These to... This is going to be great. Anyway, Jane Silent Bob Reboot, Uh, is it a good movie? No. Is it particularly watchable? Not really. Is there a lot of stuff I liked about it, particularly in the second half of the runtime? Sure. I think it was the movie that convinced me that his daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, is actually quite talented. And I would like to see her in things that aren't a Kevin Smith movie or a Quentin Tarantino movie. She's good. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Clerks 3 by Kevin Smith Exterior, Quick Stop, pre-dawn To the opening piano notes of MCR's Welcome to the Black Parade We reveal the old landmark, Quick Stop Groceries There she stands, moments before the day breaks Her signs still illuminate in the diminishing darkness of Leonardo When I was a young boy My father took me into the city To see a marching band Then a car pulls up Headlights reflecting off the closed steel shutters Close on the car door opening. A pair of boots hit the ground. Revealed Dante as he heads to the front door of Quick Stop. He said, son, when you grow up, would you be the savior of the broken? The, the script includes
0: all the lyrics to the yes. Black Parade by My yes. Chemical Romance? Okay. Yes. And by the way, you're doing a great, great Gerard way. Great. Thank you.
2: Uh, so that's how the script for Clerks 3 starts. If you're wondering how that's going to go.
1: Wait, Wait that's I, it?
2: I, I, that was it? I thought I was cutting you off in the middle. Nope, nope, that's it. Or at least that's all that I had seen today. Um,
1: it's just anyway. Gerard Way?
0: No, it's just it's just the character from Clerks stepping out of a car to a very dramatic song and going back. It's, it's like a hype teaser trailer in script format is what it sounds like. It's yeah. again embarrassment by proxy. Ugh, it, this is what happens, unfortunately, when one when we don't reflect and check our own narcissistic impulses and make sure that we don't accidentally just keep going back to the wrong. Well, and actually that's me probably realizing that, uh, what am I doing with this podcast again? But more so, (laughs) more so just, uh, Kevin, man.
2: Can I share with you another really bad, uh, Kevin Smith take?
0: Yeah. Have you seen sure. Tusk? No. You're okay. going to tell me Tusk? Don't do it.
2: No, I'm going to tell you that there is a scene in Tusk um, where it is uh, Johnny Depp and Michael Parks on a porch. The scene lasts for literally about a tenth of the runtime, it is 10% of the movie. It is a 10 minute long scene in this 90 minute movie of these two men on a porch. And Michael Parks is pretending to be uh, mentally handicapped. And Johnny Depp's character is like, he's essentially playing like Inspector Clouseau on bath salts the entire movie as it is. (laughs) It is the most bloated, overlong, nearly unwatchable scene of any movie I can recall in recent memory. And it is possibly my favorite scene of any Kevin Smith movie and one of the funniest scenes of any movie in the last 10 years.
0: I think I know the scene you're talking about, If which I don't know if I've actually watched, if only because I feel like you've posted about it before or somebody has. And I think I've clicked on it once and maybe not even watched it. But I will say that is that is uh, that is quite a remark coming from you. And again, just reminding that you went to a theater and actually watched the entire new Jay and Silent Bob movie. And that also the best thing that Kevin Smith's ever done is very obvious. And I think we could probably all agree. It's Clerks, the animated series, which was, and I think still is quite funny. Uh, and, uh, it's and good. it's it, good. It seems, it seems, like that would have been the direction to go uh, for him is making like more stoner cartoons because that just seems such a, whereas physical production films are obviously not so much the, but he's he's just like closed himself off. Now he's got like this like he's he's Trump like, frankly, in, in just in the Very narcissistic. So. World, he's, now, he's got like his own little he has the podcast empire. He, yeah, directs, he
2: directs a lot of the Berlanti DC CW shows. Right. Like uh, right. The Flash and Arrow. And he's quite good at that. Um, he does yes. a lot of he does a lot of live events. Um, hell, uh, our mutual friend uh, Danny just co-hosted an award show with him like a week ago. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, So he's a, you know, I, I like Kevin Smith. I feel like I should specify that I'm coming at this conversation as somebody who likes Kevin Smith has always liked Kevin Smith and feel like there's a couple other, you know, filmmakers like him who their names are escaping me right now, but who kind of in their late career have become more like, let's just like shoot it and rip it. And the, the things that we see in his like late work as being less than are kind of just the result of running and gunning as you go and like you know filming everything as a first draft and you know but that's his process and he can do that because he is an auteur and nobody can tell him no because he's succeeded a lot and who i'm not gonna tell him no
0: Well, that's the whole problem, isn't it? Is everybody's just sort of afraid to sort of say anything, but. Yes,
2: uh... but you know what? Here's the thing about Tusk, which I just remembered has the same cinematographer as Moonlight, which is just a crazy thing that needs to be brought up. Uh, But like that scene I mentioned in Tusk is like the first time he's ever done something that's like genuinely anti-comedy. And he's really good at anti-comedy. Like, as someone who loves anti-comedy, as somebody who, you know, I've watched They Came Together more times during the pandemic than I've watched any other movie. Um, I love Freddy Got Fingered. So I'm, when I say that this scene from Tusk is one of the funniest things I've ever seen, it's coming from a guy who loves Freddy Got Fingered. so Isn't that,
0: isn't that true of you, Ashton? Wasn't that one of yours?
1: No, I actually have not seen it in a long time. But oh, it was no, filmed at my mom's elementary school.
0: <laughs> ah that's it i was gonna say where you've she, got some freddie got fingered something yeah
1: she it was filmed in her library where she worked um that's my freddie got fingered trivia
2: i'm starstruck truly
1: <laughs> she got uh i think they got a thousand dollars
0: I think uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about what, uh, Zach was saying, it's tempting to want to put it all back in of like, listen, I, 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 and I'll at least say that, yeah, I, it's coming from a place of, I guess, liking these things, but more so it's also just wanting to, uh, to just observe with some degree of horror, what can, um, what can happen when you, when you insist on staying in a comfort zone and, uh, and, and not really pushing oneself uh which is i think so i think it's the opposite of that i think
2: he is consistently pushing himself outside of his comfort zone but without any guardrails because he's no longer in the studio system and you know post zach and miri when he discovered uh pot and vegan clean eating um he uh just isn't he he makes films the way that people make podcasts you record them you put them out and they're done uh in the studio system when he was making, you know, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, even like Jersey Girl.
0: Uh he uh, uh, Here's a hot take. <laughs> Jersey what? Girl is actually the best one. Jersey it Girl is genuinely is actually a good movie. Uh it is better but, than
2: people give it credit for. It is not
0: good. It's it is fun. good. No, it is good. It is good. The storyline's affecting. George Carlin is the dad is good casting. Ben Affleck does a good job in the role. It actually has a story structure it actually like completes the arc and it's cute and it's it's not the a mind blowing movie and yes it's not like but it is it's it's if it if 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 for a viewer it you know you need that sort of auteur aspect or that connection with the uh director i mean that that's there as well um it actually it move it knows what to it has a vision of what to do with the camera uh it's actually a pretty decent film. So Jersey girl is the best one. I think basically also he maybe doesn't see. So we were talking earlier about like the actor you see yourself as versus what you sort of actually are. I think he's one of those guys that um, to me doesn't see like, I don't know if I, if I were Kevin Smith's manager, I would be pushing him into animation because he's got a good voice and he's got, and it's like you, I, that's what I'd want to see more of.
2: So I think this unifies my whole theory about him and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Kevin Smith's best work has been when he is, you know, channeling his vision through, you know, guardrails and a system. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, Zach and Miri is kind of his last big uh, studio comedy before making cop out. I think Zach and Miri is a very funny movie. Uh, Cop out broke him working with Bruce Willis broke him. And Animation would be great for him because as Ashlyn knows better than I do, uh, you can't just run and gun professional animation. There are so many people involved. There are so many steps involved. There are so many limitations as part of how animation is made that it would constrain Kevin Smith to just be his talented self without letting things spiral off the rails because you can't make, you can't animate something like you can record a podcast. You can make a what? live action movie like you can record a podcast.
0: Well, they've made plenty of uh, animated versions of podcasts and it's, it's almost surprising that they haven't done that for one of his podcasts is just, you know, hire an animation studio to Recorded?
1: animate him and his
0: buddies. Yeah. animate him and his Actually, buddies
1: that's sort of a new thing. This yeah. new like podcast. I mean, you're thinking of Midnight uh, Gospel.
0: Yeah, great example
1: of an animated podcast.
0: Yeah, great example. That's uh Duncan Trussell just talking to people, and then they animate around it. Yeah, I
1: mean that's there was
2: a, the, Ricky I, the Ricky Gervais show.
0: There's the Ricky oh, Gervais. There's there's yeah. other examples. Dan Dan Harmon did uh, a D and D podcast that then became animated, which uh you know that's an easy sort of segue to that. But uh, uh it just seems like. uh that 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 seem, again. This is just if if I had the keys to the the Kevin Smith kingdom, that's where I would rather than making Clerks three, it would be like a new. Just think of something new and original, or do anything. Yes, I understand. And I don't know if you know the. Uh, I don't remember exactly offhand, but but Bruce Willis was right in the uh, in that uh, Kevin Smith uh, thing. I forget I forget all the specifics of it from reading it, but it was it basically came down to it was like a fairly basic. Physical production aspect, something, something with lenses. I in my life. It was lenses, I, wasn't yes, it? I, I, yes, that's so what I was going to go to.
2: Bruce Willis on the first day of shooting sizes up directors by asking very granular questions about the lenses they're choosing. And Kevin Smith ah. has always been like a, you know, I shoot coverage. I trust the cinematographer to do his job. I don't really care. My my movies are about dialogue and character. They're not about like. Miz and Sen. And Bruce Willis just immediately, you know, took that and went like, okay, this guy's a clown and I'm not gonna respect him and I'm not gonna take his direction. Which eh. look, Bruce yeah, Willis dude, was photographed in a, photograph like that. And a <laughs> without a mask on, okay? Like That's true. I'm I'm not, a, yeah. I'm not a Bruce Willis guy. Bless his heart.
0: I don't know why I'm going um I, I, I feel in some ways that I'm painting myself into a corner as well, or maybe it's clear that I feel a somewhat of a connection to Kevin Smith just from the connection in uh, teenage years and stuff. And so the uh, it, it goes from being, you know, he goes from being one of those guys that's like, oh, I want to be that guy to being like, oh, my God, I hope I'm not that guy.
2: I mean, you are a comic book nerd from the Northeast, so having a natural kinship with Kevin Smith um, is kind of just baked into the cake. Right.
0: And that's fine. My friends and I in college and high school, I mean, we we watched his movies all the time. Like watched Small Rats, watched Chasing Amy, watched Dogma, Clerks, the documentary about Clerks. I mean uh, we were we were a little bit in that in that um, I mean, we all were like I, I, he. He was, you know, there was a point which at which people stopped associating him with uh, Tarantino and with uh, Soderbergh, but and with um, Linklater. Uh, but for like ten plus years, I mean, it was always them as like this sort of the new indie Hollywood sort of thing. <laughs> um, the, with the Kevin Smith so- and Chad Richard Linklater. <laughs> <laughs> to put it in meme format, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll we'll wrap up, huh? We we can see I, that it's been Ashley, an hour, so
2: I I gotta I gotta do just one more thing with you guys please, since I have please. you here, um, Ashlyn, I have to ask you something. I've I been dying to ask questions. you for two weeks about this <gasps> because. The week of Christmas, I bought myself a Wacom tablet.
1: Oh, I'm excited for you. That's really exciting.
2: And I cannot figure out for the life of me how to use the little pencil and do my little drawings mm. without it being way too small or way too big. I cannot figure out sort of how much or how little I move my wrist around. So I know that this is like a help grandma with her computer question and not like conducive to good podcast listening. But as an expert professional artist, tell me and the audience of a grand party, what are we doing? What am I supposed (laughs) to do
0: here? Yeah, you know, what a disappointing it, question. I mean, especially with the buildup. is like, okay, this know, is going to be a I good was, question. He's, was, he's, he's been waiting you know, for two it, weeks, actually, and it's an it's a FAQ question.
1: But actually, <laughs> though, this is an interesting question that you bring up because my elderly father actually just also bought a Wacom tablet, and he's struggling with the same thing uh, because he's using it to teach his uh, lectures. Uh, so, yeah, a Wacom tablet uh, for users listeners are zero listeners um or are few listeners are hundreds of listeners yeah
0: that's right we got
1: millions yeah. of listeners um there are a few ways to draw on the computer uh input drawings into the computer a wacom tablet um is sort of like a opaque tablet that you plug in and when you draw you have to look up at the screen uh like your for example your laptop screen while you're drawing so it can be a bit confusing because it's a bit disconnecting you know you're drawing on one surface but your your pencil line is showing up on the screen so unfortunately zach the real the real problem is that the only way it really gets better is through practice um Though i would actually say you should also check your settings so Wacom has a few different settings you can check for like um, uh, speed of uh, how fast the cursor is moving across the tablet. Um, I, for example, for a long time have drawn uh, on a uh, on my iPad or on a Cintiq, which is like basically you're drawing directly on the screen. But I learned on a tablet, so you're you're doing it the right way. You know, soon you're going to be drawing your anime fan art. You're going to be drawing your your character commissions you're going to be tumbling you're going to be doing your tumblr fan art ocs um for all you people listening out there um but yeah it just takes practice i would recommend uh trying to think of some good programs uh i mean photoshop is 10 bucks a month if you want to, like, try practicing with that. I also really like... So that's what cooking. I've been on. I, I have
2: Photoshop. I have the creative suite. I've been... Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I would recommend practicing. I also, when I started, uh, you can also tape a piece of paper to your tablet to get a feel of drawing on paper. Okay. If you don't, if you don't like the uh, blippy, glidey, uh, you know, anybody out there who has a uh, iPad iPad with a pencil, the Apple pencil, uh, you might sometimes be like, but it feels like I'm drawing on glass. It's because you are drawing on glass, you numbskull. <laughs> uh, get a matte screen protector or if you're drawing on a tablet, just tape a piece of paper onto it and it feels like you're drawing on paper, um, which feels a bit better. Um, but yeah, I would just recommend uh, also like doing some warm ups by just drawing some circles big help. Uh, yeah, those are my, my helpful drawing, uh, drawing with a tablet tips. Uh, you know, sometimes I still, I still will draw tablet style. It's just a bit slower, really.
0: Zach, what's the, um, inspiration to, uh, get the Wacom tablet?
2: Um, it's twofold. I'm not very, I'm not a very good, uh, artist, uh, at least not with like my physical hands, but, uh, I uh, I logged back into my DeviantArt account that I had from like 10 years ago and was just like, I, I should actually get one of those uh, drawing tablets. Two, uh, I just, I can't find f- handwritten fonts that I like when I'm doing graphic design. And I just really, anytime I'm trying to find like handwritten fonts, I'm just like, this would be a lot easier if I could just write it. So,
1: yeah.
2: you know, they were they were on sale. It was like an Amazon Gold Box deal. And I was just like, I'm getting this. I'm doing this. Yeah. And I did it.
1: Highly recommend this. I mean, everybody should, I was going to say everybody should draw, but I think everybody should enjoy a form of art or craft, especially during this time. It's good for your soul. Zach, have you heard of the website Calligrapher? I have not. Uh, it's a website for to make handwritten fonts. I um, highly recommend it's calligraph. And then instead of an ER, it's just an R at the end. Uh, I make all my fonts with this tool. This is actually not sponsored by Calligrapher. We don't have any sponsors, but soon we're going to have 100 sponsors. It's actually just going to be a podcast of sponsors.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we got to start doing uh, fake ads for the show. Yeah,
1: sponsored by Milo. He is purring.
0: Did I ever lend you the uh, Linda Barry book that I always uh, feel like I want to push on people, especially when they're uh, thinking of getting into drawing or not not sure about it? You know, Linda Barry, Zach. I can't say I do no. All right, maybe I'll uh, send it to you as a gift, or you can uh, look it up. But it's Linda with a Y and Barry, like Dave Barry. No relation. She was a uh, she's a cartoonist. Um, and a memoirist and a, a teacher also at a, a college in Wisconsin, she's put out uh, a bunch of, she's done a lot of memoir comics. She's, uh, her and Matt Grenning went to school together and, uh, he's always on the blurbs of her, her books and, and stuff. And, uh, but she's got a, a book that I found really inspiring a number of years ago. I think it's called, I think it's called what it is, or it might be called what is an image I think it's called "What Is an Image." In any case, uh, I highly recommend it because it—it essentially there's there's exercises in there along with memoir comics. The main sort of thrust or the idea of the book is is uh, that you should be drawing just for the sake of it. But we all we often get confused about like uh, you know our that self critic that inner critic of like oh this isn't good enough therefore I shouldn't do it. But that doesn't just because you're not going to run in the Olympics doesn't mean that you shouldn't go running just because you're not going to be a professional ball player doesn't mean it's not fun to, you know, shoot baskets, like things like that. Like in the same way, um, there's a lot of incredibly, uh, tangibly real benefits that can come from just drawing and expressing yourself artistically, including, you know, mem- you know, uh, reliving or re-experiencing or reshaping, uh, even painful or traumatic memories or benign or, you know, just, uh, amusing or, um, nothing memories. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. Ashlyn and, and uh, <clears throat> when, when we were uh, doing live uh, workshops at 826, we did a couple that were based on some of those things uh, in those books for the, uh, the kiddos. So it's, it's definitely like uh, anyone can do it. And I, I encourage you. It'll, I feel like it, uh, it, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's inspiring and a it good, it's inspiring period
2: but grant well, how do i but grant how do i turn myself into a commodity
0: listen, <laughs> i am That's a product my- sir well let's listen i've got the time we can be starting another pod we can be starting all sorts of pods that the grand party is the launch base of the uh the future kevin smith type podcast universe With me at the center this time, baby, me. All my criticisms of narcissism are just so that I can do it. Me.
2: Okay, Grant, you have to understand this because no one else is going to tell you, but I am willing to, that your old podcast and your current podcast both times, you are not the star. Neither was I. Prince, Moose, Milo, Zeus, and the four executive producers, they're the star. They will always be the stars. You will never outstage them, okay? Just get that this- through
0: your head. Thank you. This is fair. And this is also why probably podcasting is not the medium, because they are not very eloquent, as you can see. I mean, they, they just give us dead air every time we try to throw to them.
1: Meow, 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 meow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there we go. meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow.
0: Oh, meow, meow. i can't what believe if we I talked about kevin now? smith for half an hour i mean listen we can keep going i feel like we didn't even but this is what happens when you go into the podcast with no real plan i thought we were going to talk more about i don't know I, I didn't really have any plan i i am curious i we will just have to do this again another time because I'm, i want to i don't know i'm curious how you're doing man like i see on your your twitter feed uh, you know you're i mean i didn't
1: you. know you weren't in la that's so, so I still
0: have my I still have my apartment.
2: I'm still paying my rent. I'm still paying yep. my bills. I just yeah. I, you know, there's and more- you working. Yeah, I'm I have a few working. friends
1: who have done that. Yeah, who have hopped. You just have to. Sometimes you just got to be with family so you can be closer to other people during yeah. this time.
2: It's like I could be around two other people, or I could be around my roommate, who you know. I was the annoying roommate of the two of us. So I'm sure he's having a grand party in our apartment every night uh, because I'm not there, which is great for him. Uh, You know, I look, I've forgotten how to talk to people. This is like one of five conversations I've had in the last 12 months, or not 12 months, like last 10 months. I was very socially active in January and February of 2020. But since March 14th, it has been March 14th every single day. And if I am not vaccinated by March 14th of this year, I am going to do unspeakable atrocities. I that has been my one project that I've been working very hard on. People keep asking me, like, what projects have you been working on, Zach? You're so busy and prolific, blah, 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 blah. I've been working on one thing, and it's called not getting coronavirus with a side project. in.
0: I thought you were going to say unspeakable atrocities. I've been working on one thing and only one thing. Unspeakable atrocities. I don't know, yes, I don't
2: know. so I planned the uh, capital siege. That was all me. Just kidding. It was not all me. FBI, it. if you're hearing this, I,
0: I just I tweeted through the whole damn thing. So much of what I wanted to talk about with you was like uh, the capital and the the QAnon stuff, uh, and I thought I wrote no a matter whole what thing about it, I
2: did my little norm pod
0: outline, knowing that I wasn't
2: going to look at it because we were going to talk about Cobra Kai the whole time, but. I well, this it. can either
0: We can either go two hours or we can uh, we can find another time. What do you want no, to do? No. Let's find I, another I just, time.
2: No, I'm just going to say that if you want to hear very good uh, commentary about what happened uh, in the world uh, over the last couple of weeks, there's two podcasts you should listen to. These are going to be my plugs. Uh, you should listen to the most recent QAnon Anonymous. Those guys have uh now now become like three of the most sought after uh, citizen journalists in the world to go on every show to talk about what's going on. They've been on the QAnon beat for 3 years now in relative obscurity and now everybody wants to know what they have to say because they've been uh they they could name every single person that we saw pictures of last week like just in the crowd because they've been covering their movements and whereabouts and what they've been doing for years. Uh so they're like the subject matter experts you should listen to on this topic. The other one you say should Wait wait
0: wait, say the name again? It's called QAnon Anonymous. QAnon Anonymous.
2: Yes, so great podcast. They, you know, really spell out everything that happened and what led up to it. Uh the second podcast you should listen to, uh Chris Hayes from MSNBC has a podcast called Why Is This Happening? He had a Tana Hesse Coates on uh right after it happened and uh they both made some points that uh really challenged what I thought about it and really challenged what I thought a lot about kind of the current state of the uh, conservative movement in America. Uh, People tend to, you know, try to look at stuff from the quote unquote other side to challenge their worldview. Uh, Their conversation challenged my little liberal bubble worldview a lot more than any of the right wing media I consume. Uh, turns out, if you go outside of the left wing bubble over into the right spaces, it's just it. Literally, all the discourses is like, "Ha ha, my gender's an attack helicopter." Blah 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 blah. Uh, there's there's like nothing. There's nothing out there for you. Um, no kidding. Yeah, but that uh, but that conversation really uh, made me
0: go like, "Oh shit!" So listen to that. It's a good one. This is why we bring you on, Zach, so you can tell us to listen to MSNBC. <laughs> geesh hey have you heard about this new thing cnn i think you had a lot of nah, i'm just kidding it's good i i will I'll, i I've, I've listened to the QAnon podcast i'll listen to it more and uh we'll take we'll take these to to heart listen we can keep going but we're not going to we're going to stop and you know actually i got to say this is why i'm happy here's here's the value of a grand party over normal country. We got to throw you off the outline. Very excited about throwing you off the outline.
2: Oh, but I love the outline. The outline's uh, why I don't say, um, like, um, like, the outline kept me from sounding like a fucking dumbass.
1: You sounded like a smart butt. It made, no, me, la- sound-
0: made me able to LARP as an intelligent person. I'm not very smart. That's the you that dumb you... Dumb. It sounded like you were reading, and it sa- and you didn't say, um, or like... Uh, at any point throughout this, and also everybody says "um" and "like." So if you're yeah, criticizing the "um" and like, I do it "like," an idiot. No, you don't. I sound no, like you a, don't,
2: like a dum dum. I just said dum. No. like
1: you need to love yourself because yeah. you were wonderful. You I do love myself, and you are head.
2: wonderful too. But also, like somebody took a zamboni to my brain. It's just smooth, like a chicken cutlet. <laughs>
0: This this podcast is going to go out unedited. How do you feel about that? Is that all right? That's fine. <laughs> I like to get Fuck consent it. because uh yeah, right? How about you, Ashton? You feel okay?
1: I feel fine.
0: All right. Then guess what, guys? This is the this is the end of the show. Thank you so much for coming to have a conversation with us in a browser that we were hitting record on and could see our little voices. And uh let's do this again so that you can talk more. To and us. All
1: yeah? right. Bye. Ready.
0: Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Fine. That's, yeah. All right. Well, that's the show. And, uh, you know, this is the show. This is the show. It starts a little awkward. It ends a little awkward. It's a little awkward throughout. Oh, like your conversations aren't awkward at all. I think this is a nice, good chat. I'm thanking you for listening. And I'm encouraging you to subscribe and rate us five stars wherever you are getting your podcast, so that uh, this uh, shows up in the search. Also, encourage you to check out Talk Time. That's the band you are hearing right now. This instrumental is called Colors, and again, it's from their EP. They are Talk Time, and they're going to play us out on a grand party. Thank you so much. This podcast was produced by Prince the Cat, Loose the Cat, Milo the Cat, Peanut Butter the cat, Zeus the cat, Squeaky Mama the cat, Shadow Hissy the cat, and Nala the cat. I just had to include that for Zach. He would always say that at the end of a normal country.